Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your presence. God, we just ask that you'll just speak to us through your word. That not only will it be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, but God, you just work your amazing works within us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we just ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I, I trained in environmental sciences, and so I was really, really interested in 2001 to watch the film Aaron Brockovich. And I don't know how many of you have seen that one, but a great, great story, true story of how an untrained legal clerk uh, stumbled upon the fact that uh, Pacific Gas and Electric Company of California were buying up uh, properties in the Hinkley area uh, to hide the fact that they've been polluting the drinking water with hexavalent chromium, uh, which they were using to uh, treat the water in their cooling towers. It was quite common uh, back in those days. And um, even though the huge company had just unlimited resources and top lawyers, Aaron Brockovich and this little, little legal firm um, sued them. And it was described as a David and Goliath battle. And Brockovich won the largest settlement ever paid in a direct action lawsuit in US history. 333 million US dollars. Uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, and by the way, Brockovich came to Christchurch in 2017. Um, whenever the small faces the great, uh, whenever it's, whether it's on the sports field or it's in the movies, when weak faces strong, any situation where the little guy goes up against insurmountable odds, uh, we call it a David and Goliath situation. And so this morning, we're going to look back at the original story of David and Goliath, and I know it's really, really familiar to just about all of you, uh, but I want to just take that and show you how you can overcome giants in your own life. So in 1 Samuel 17, uh, we see that God's people, the Israelites, were being attacked, they were being oppressed, they were being threatened by the Philistines. And the Philistines were probably one of the most continuous, um, dirty, rotten enemies uh, that you'll see in the, uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, the Philistine army boasts of thousands of um, chariots, mounted soldiers, foot soldiers, and their champion was a giant called Goliath. And uh, I was looking to see who the tallest guy in our service this morning. And um, unfortunately, it's only uh, 1.7 metres, 1.88 metres. Where's Murray? Murray, stand up. Okay, 1.88 metres. All right, come up, stand on, under here. So Murray's 1.88 metres, all right, so you get an idea. Now, uh, Joe, you stand up. All right, so Joe Vidiaki at the back. Uh, no, he is, he's, not, he's not tall but his neck is bigger than my thigh. <laughs> All right, so if you can, ima if you can imagine a, a mixture of um, Joe and Murray, and then Goliath, they reckon, see the bottom of that light up there? That's how tall Goliath was. All right, so 
All right, thank you, guys. So just to put it in context, Goliath was a big, big guy. I reckon um, three metres. So the, the, we were talking before, the um, tallest of the Black Caps fast bowlers uh, is two metres, Jamison, and we used to have a guy um, they called Two Metre Peter, um, Peter Fulton, <coughs> uh, but add another metre on that, and... Um, with and you've got you've got Goliath. Uh, his his armor weighed fifty seven kilos. All right. So uh, just to put that in context, that that water uh, holder over there is probably about twenty liters, so twenty kgs. So if you can imagine three of those, trying to pick up three of those, that's sixty kgs. All right. That was just his armor. His um, his spear head. Alone weighed nine kgs, so uh, that shot put. Uh, how how big is a shot put? About five kgs. Anyone from athletics? Yeah, about that. So double that, and that was the weight of the spear head. So this giant of a man offered a way out of the typical battle where thousands of people got killed, and basically he said, look. You send your champion out uh, to fight me, and if I win, uh, you guys are going to be our servants, and if you win, uh, we'll be your servants. And for 40 days, this giant strutted around, taunting the Israelite warriors and calling for a man to fight with him in a duel to the death. He was confident he would win. The Israelites were absolutely scared stiff. They were in fear. Nobody accepted the challenge, not even King Saul. And King Saul, it said, was head and shoulders above everybody else in Israel. And then a young shepherd boy called David comes in. Uh, he's, He's coming to bring food for his brothers who are in the army. He hears the taunts of Goliath, and he's absolutely stirred up inside. And he goes to King Saul and says, hey, look, uh, I will fight this, this giant. And uh, King Saul says, no way. But then he lets him, which is absolutely incredible, and I want to talk about that later. So David, taking only his staff, his sling, and five stones, went out to face Goliath. And we pick up in 1 Samuel 17, verse 43. And you can read the rest of the passage yourself just to um, bring it up. Uh, Goliath said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over. This is a kid. This is a kid talking. You know, this is a teenager. Um, this day the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I'll give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. And reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it 
and struck the Philistine on the head. Someone once said that Goliath's last words were, nothing's entered my head like this before. Anyway, <clears throat> that's pretty bad, eh? <laughs> so the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down onto the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword, drew it from its scabbard, and after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Shariam road of Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. What a great story. And it's one we all read to our our kids. Uh, what a great example. What a great message for us. And it's really, really relevant to us today because every one of us have giants in our lives that we need to overcome. And a giant is anything that stands between you and God's plan for your life. A giant is anything that seems bigger and stronger than you uh, stronger than your desire to serve the Lord and fulfill his plans and purposes for you. A giant might be unemployment, could be debts we can't pay off, could be health issues and pains that doctors can't fix, could be injustices, could be a marriage or a relationship falling apart, could be family problems, could be depression and anxiety that we can't get free from, a future that we can't face, pain we can't escape, a past we can't shake, people that we can't please a broken heart that we can't mend, an addiction that we can't break out of, habits that we can't break. It could be a lack of faith. Anything that hinders the progress of God in your life is a giant or a stronghold. A stronghold would be the other uh, word that we use for these situations and circumstances. And the other thing is that when you start really growing in God, you'll find that the enemy hates that, so he will bring other things into your life to try and trip you up and stop, stop you from going ahead in the things of God. Uh, the trouble with giants in our lives is that giants steal the peace of God's people. They steal the progress of God's people. And they seize the possessions of God's people. So they won't go away just by ignoring them. Um, every day Goliath came out and taunted the Israelites. And so <clears throat> unless you face your giants you'll find that not only won't they go away, but left unchallenged, they'll, they'll grow and they will begin to take over. The first step in getting healed, the first step in getting breakthrough in your, in your situation is always recognising that you've got a problem. Jesus said it's not the well that need a physician, it's the sick. And the first step and getting healed is always to re recognise that you've got something that needs to be healed. Um, <clears throat> whatever it is, you've got to realise that the reason it's a giant or a stronghold in your life is because it's bigger than you. And you can't defeat giants by yourself. You can only overcome giants by partnering with God. 
Some of you have never overcome the giants in your life because you're trying to fight them in your own strength uh, rather than in partnership with God. Strongholds, giants are giants because they are bigger and they are stronger than us. And if we could have destroyed them by ourselves, we already would have. That's the reality of it. But while a problem may be bigger than you, it's not bigger than God. And we need to remind ourselves that God is bigger than our giants. <clears throat> the Israelites' problem wasn't actually the Philistines. The biggest problem that the Israelites had was actually a lack of faith in God, which resulted in them being overtaken by fear. The Bible doesn't tell us that Goliath actually killed anybody. He was a warrior since his, um, since his youth, but it doesn't say that Goliath actually killed any of the Israelites, but they were just basically scared stiff. They were in fear. And people can be gripped by fears and bound by fear, and the enemy will use fears to keep you a prisoner. But my Bible tells me that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Wow, that's a scripture that you can underline. That's a scripture that you can highlight in your Bible because every one of us will be challenged in those areas at some stage or other. You'll be challenged by a spirit of fear. You'll be challenged. <clears throat> I remember, and I think I've um, told you before, one time I was um, in the Gold Coast up on about the 16th floor of a uh, apartment I was uh, attending and a combined Australian and New Zealand Assemblies of God executive meeting. And I woke up in the middle of the night and fear just absolutely, absolutely gripped me. I couldn't believe it. Here I was doing, doing God's work and I just got attacked. And all I could do was begin to pray in tongues and try and break through. And I did. And the, spear, and the fear lifted. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear comes from the enemy. And so we need to recognize that God has given us things that we can destroy those with. Jesus came to set us free and give us abundant life. So we need to learn to trust him with every aspect of our lives. David trusted God and had faith in God. And that faith was stronger than his fear of Goliath. The biggest miracle in the story, for me, was the fact that King Saul actually allowed David to represent Israel in the contest, knowing that if this teenager got killed, which in the natural was the most likely event to happen, the whole of the nation would be lost. That was the deal. In fact, when you read the story... Starts off with Saul saying no to David. But there was something about this young man. And David was able to convince Saul that God was with him. And that's why Saul let him go out and represent the nation. So we need to put our trust in God and seek God for a strategy. Saul tried to give David his armor. But David knew that 
the armor of Saul wasn't the strategy that God was going to use for him to defeat this giant. He knew that God is going to use his slingshot and not Saul's armor and weapon. God gives us lots of different weapons to use in our spiritual battle. He gives us the prayers of other people. Uh, He gives us uh, lots of different weapons, and they're all faith-based weapons. The Word of God, the blood of Jesus, our confession of faith, um, prevailing, persevering prayer, a word of truth often uh, can be given to us to break the lies of the enemy. Whatever we use, we've got to be confident that it will fit the situation so that we can wield that weapon in faith. Uh, Very rarely does God ask us to face a Goliath without some previous training. I I have got faith uh, for miracles in the area of healing. But it happened, it started by me praying for headaches and uh, I was part of a big church, and you know you could you could get up on the platform and you could say, oh, you know, I believe someone's got a headache right now, and God wants to heal you. Well, there would be three or four hundred people who might have headaches that morning, so you didn't have to be accurate with a word of knowledge or a sore knee or, or or any of these sort of things. It was in the natural, people people were going to be be sick, but God trains us and uses us in the little so that our faith will grow. If you've ever been healed supernaturally, how many people have, have had a supernatural healing of some sort? Just put your hands up. Yeah. When you've had that, you've got faith to believe that God heals because you've experienced it yourself. And in this situation, David had faith to believe that he could kill Goliath with God's help because God had helped him kill a lion and God had helped him kill a bear when he was guarding the sheep. So he had experience of God's hand being upon him and being delivered by the hand of God from adversaries that in the natural were likely to kill him. When David viewed Goliath, he was not comparing his size with Goliath's size. He was comparing Goliath's size with God's size. David wasn't looking at what he could do and how skillful he was, but he was looking at what God had done and what God can do. But it wasn't all of God and none of David. David was skillful with the slingshot. He had to be able to hit the target. He'd done it before. But God was able to use that skill to bring about victory. Luke 18, 27, what is impossible with men is possible with God. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Most of our battles aren't actually physical. Most of our battles are spiritual. 
Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Mark 16, 18, they, that's us, will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Acts 1, 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Philippians 4, 13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. The Holy Spirit is our power and God will use you if you trust him and listen to him for his strategies in the situations and the circumstances that you'll face. And they might seem little things, but God trains us up in the little things so that we can face the big things. On Tuesday night, <coughs> my two neighbours uh, came round. Uh, my neighbour on the left-hand side uh, of us um, is a Christian, and he bought the property next to him in our subdivision, and he built a, a small house on that one, and he was wanting to get it connected up <coughs> to the water supply. Uh, when our subdivision was made, it was um, six roughly acre, acre sections, and <coughs> they put water to all of those. But my neighbour couldn't find the water connection to his new section. My other neighbour, who's not a Christian, but really good friends came over with them also and what they wanted was they wanted copies of the plans which I had uh, and so I copied them off to them and uh, so they could see where the water lines were and on the plans it said that six lines came out of the um, control box up by the road the splitter box and came down to each one of the sections <coughs> so they weren't getting anywhere my neighbor had spent two days with plumbers trying to get the situation sorted out and I just felt to take the guys up to the distribution box up by the road. And we looked at it, and um, my neighbour said, look, there's only five pipes coming out of this. Why don't we dig a hole um, just downstream of the distribution box, and um, then we'll be able to see whether there's six pipes coming out of that. And uh, so he starts digging away. And while he's digging, I started praying. And then I said, uh, hey, Daniel, why don't you just dig over here in the, in the distribution box itself? And um, he starts. I said, no, 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 not there. Just come, come this way. He dug down about an inch and found the pipe, which hadn't been connected. And uh, he was jumping up and down because <coughs> he was looking to spend a couple of thousand dollars to have to run a new pipe down from the road down to his new section and what was even better was I turned to my other neighbor who wasn't a Christian and I said you know I used to do this all the time when I worked for the dairy company I said I'd have a problem I'd pray and and then my neighbor not a Christian said and then a thought would come into your mind I said yep that's exactly what happens and I thought wow what a great witness to my unsaved neighbour that in the middle of just any life situation, we can stop and pray, hear the voice of God, and he shows you how to, get, how to break through. Now, that's just a, a menial situation. That's just a, a little one. But God uses situations like that to prep us for the bigger situations. And so I want to encourage you in your place of work, at home, take time when you come up to a problem situation, take time just to still yourself and say, Holy Spirit, will you guide me 
and lead me in this one? Will you show me how I can get through this situation, this circumstance? Because God wants to give you answers and keys to moving forward in Him. Psalm 37, 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Turn to the person next to you and say, Your steps should be ordered by the Lord. Your steps should be ordered by the Lord. <clears throat> That's right. But it, it takes for us just to still ourselves and listen to that still small voice. After listening for God's guidance, follow God's way. David, full of faith, didn't just pray. He went out and he faced Goliath head on. If marriage problems are your Goliath, pray, 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 and then get some practical counselling. If addiction is your problem, fast and pray, and then join an addiction-breaking support program. If it's pornography... Pray a chain-breaking prayer and make yourself accountable to someone. Back in the Hamilton days, uh, the senior pastor that we used to have uh, had been exposed uh, in an adulterous situation. The new pastor came in, uh, Steve Hurst, and I were really good friends. And we were talking one day and we said, hey, if... If Pastor Jim could fall in this way, what hope have we got? I mean, this was a mighty man of God who moved in the miraculous. We thought, how on earth can we guard ourselves from going down the same track? So we decided that we would meet together each week and we would ask each other questions. We would hold each other accountable. And these were the questions that we asked each other every week. Have you been with anyone anywhere that might be seen as compromising? Have you entertained any inappropriate fantasies in your thought life? Have you viewed or read any sexually explicit material? Have you spent adequate time in Bible study and prayer? Have you given priority time to your family? Have you been faithful in Christian service? Have any of your financial dealings lacked integrity? Have you just lied to me? (laughs) We asked each other those questions every week. And they kept us on the straight and narrow. Accountability. Accountability. Totally believe and trust God for breakthrough, but do whatever you need to do to back up God's plans and God's purpose for your life. Uh, last week, I read about a 15-year-old boy called Curry. Uh, Curry was a high-functioning autistic boy, and um, Curry's parents had tried everything to help him. They'd seen a variety of medical doctors. Uh, they'd been to homeopaths. They'd got him on a program called Brain Balance. They'd put him on gluten and dairy-free diet. 
He had exercises and supplements. It all helped a little bit, but Curry was still autistic. Then they went to a little church, uh, and Curry decided that he wanted to be healed. He, he wrote down his labels, autism, Asperger's, ADHD. And uh, it was like this guy, in his focused mind, uh, was just focused on getting healed. Uh, he um, told the pastor uh, that he needed to be healed and asked him to pray for him. Uh, the pastor told him to wait until after the worship. They sang a few worship songs. The pastor shared some testimonies, including some stories about autism. Uh, Curry was at the back of the service uh, crying. Uh, they finally got him to come to the front for prayer. They prayed for him. Uh, there didn't seem to be any change. Next day, when Curry woke up, he was completely healed. No autism. Physically changed the way he walks, the way he stands, the way he thinks, the way he talks, the way he looks. Absolutely, miraculously changed. And it was interesting, uh, having read that testimony, I looked up on um, YouTube and found a number of other testimonies of other people who have been completely healed by the power of God from autism. Uh, and nothing's impossible to God. Nothing is impossible to God. Um, later, David wrote, Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. When David killed Goliath, David broke through and all of Israel was set free. And in fact, the previously fearful Israelite army soldiers chased down and killed the Philistine army who were now running away in fear. And what I see in that is that when you get a breakthrough, you will lead others into their breakthrough. This has always been a breakthrough church in the city. Uh, from the very, very beginning, when Penny and I came, some 27 years ago, this has been a breakthrough church. <coughs> and God wants to continue that. Why? Because we've always had faith for breakthrough. We've always had faith uh, to stand up. We've always had faith to reach our community. We've always had faith to to reach the nations. In fact, every time I look out at you guys, I, inside, I laugh because 20 years ago, this was a little white middle-class church. But we had such a passion for the nations. We just, we just loved supporting missionaries and reaching the nations. And, and now look, God brought the nations to us. And uh, if you look around, uh, we would have probably 30 different nationalities 
here in this place. And it is, it is so, so, so gratifying to me that uh, God saw our hunger and our passion to reach the world that he brought the world to us. So give yourselves a clap. Come on. That was yeah, amazing. Okay. What do you need to do this morning to partner with God to overcome your giants? First of all, whatever you're facing, don't give up. David's victory was just a stone's throw away. It was so close. It was so close. 